Welcome to our episode of Me, Us, You, called College Misconceptions, where we will talk about social life on campus, the ups and downs of friendships, and life after college. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show with your hosts, Sarah Lopez, Amanda Lehman, and Katie Willis. wild party am i right oh hell yeah where do you think they are a club a bar a college campus if you said college campus well you're right Yeehaw! see this is what a lot of people actually believe goes on during the nightlife at school a non-stop never-ending raging party somehow college kids got this stereotype that all they do is sleep party eat and then party again is this actually true? How do people feel about this? How do college kids feel about this, more importantly? We are more than just partying fiends. We have thoughts, opinions, and questions that are just as valid as those who are older and younger than us. We are more than just a stereotype. Okay, I have some friends with me. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Ali Massimillo. I'm a junior biology major and healthcare studies minor. Hi, I'm James Hoon. I'm a senior creative writing major. Hi, I'm Lindsay Kovac. I'm a junior publishing and editing major with minors in professional and civic writing and biology. Hi, I'm Alexandra Quentel. I'm a junior and I'm an international studies and French double major with minors in philosophy, Italian, and Jewish and Israeli studies. Thank you for being here. I have some questions for you guys since obviously we're all college students. I would like to know if you guys have a favorite movie that focuses on college kids and how those kids were portrayed. 22 Jump Street and as partiers. Um, I would have to say Neighbors. Um, and like in 22 Jump Street, they are portrayed as the partiers who are obnoxious to um, the surrounding people who live in the neighborhood slash town. I can't think of any movies with college students right now. Um, neighbors, because I think it puts college kids in a bit of a a negative light somewhat and creates a stereotype of the party atmosphere. How do you think this type of media representation hurts or helps the reputation college kids have? Um, well, it just like further portrays the uh, like stereotype that people only go to college in order to party and they don't really focus on their education, which in my experience is yeah, I think it definitely hurts because it's just kind of showing the stereotypical party scene. Yeah, I agree with what um, James and Lindsay are saying that it's not a good a good image that is uh, portrayed on college students because while that there is some truth to it, it's not what the majority of people are doing all the time. And um, like I know when I told my mom that I was going to apply to college, she that was one of her biggest concerns. Is like, oh, you're gonna go off to college and go party when, like, that's the opposite. 
Okay, so this next question is a little bit more personal. Have you ever had a difficult time balancing your academic or work life and your social life? Why or why not? And how has this affected you at school? I've definitely had a hard time balancing my academic work and my social life. I tend to isolate myself when I'm really stressed. I have a hard time removing myself when I'm too stressed, so I can't often relax. Um, during my first year, and even during my sophomore year, I um, definitely found it a little difficult balancing that because like, you're new to college and I wanted to try um, and be a part of lots of different clubs and organizations. Um, and like, honestly, when you try and do that, like, you forget that you have schoolwork and fall behind. Um, but then in recent years, I've found that balance and of like what organizations I want to put my energy into, as well as like, um, have like better ways to focus on my studying and make it easier to keep up with both. Yeah, I find that like every other week is hell week. And um, it's hard because you have to keep up with your academics, also see your friends, but then also you need to find your own time. So um, it just kind of works itself out. You lose some hours of sleep, but it works itself out. Um, yeah, I definitely feel the struggle between academics and social life. But I've always like put my academics first and prioritized that. So I've always thought of it like, okay, I get all my academic stuff done first. If I have time to do things, then I'll do that. So it hasn't been too much of a challenge because I kind of face the same thing in high school. But yeah, there definitely is an adjust adjustment because there's more pressures in college. What was your perspective or idea on how your social life is going to be like when you first entered college? And what was your perspective on what the party life was here on campus? Um, when, I mean, honestly, in high school, I didn't really do much partying. Like, I rarely, like, hung out with anyone outside of school. Um, so, coming into college, I didn't think I would, like, enjoy the social aspect. Um, I definitely was not planning on partaking in it nearly as much as I ended up doing that. I thought that coming into college, my social life and party life wouldn't be too big because I wasn't a big partier in high school and I also had this thing, I had this thought in my head that like coming into college I would have so much work that I wouldn't have time for the social thing. Um, so I thought college was going to be very different for me in this way because I never never crossed my mind about partying in high school and going into college I didn't even think of that um, and I also thought that I would be so focused on academics that like friends would work themselves out and social situations would work themselves out but they really do take effort and you have to be considerate of that. Um, so coming into college for me like when I was in high school I never really was involved in a party atmosphere and so when I got here, I expected to completely be involved in my academics, and I never really anticipated going out and partying with anybody. The more that I found my close-knit friends, though, I find myself spending more time with them and, and taking more time to, to relax. So um, definitely not what I anticip anticipated it to be, but I, I find a good balance with it. Would you guys say that you found the balance between 
academic and social life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. Has there ever been a time where you opted to stay in rather than go out or vice versa? Yes. When what what was the occasion? Um, <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes there are days that, like, my friends are like, oh, let's go to the bar or, like, let's go hang out somewhere. Um, but, like, depending on my schoolwork or, like, I'm a senior community assistant, so I have to be on duty sometimes. So, like, I this year I was on duty for, like, the Halloween weekend, so I wasn't able to go um, out with friends that night. Yes, sometimes if there's, like, something happening, but I decide that, like, I haven't had me time in a while, I just take the time to myself. Yes, there's definitely been times when I've opted to not go out with friends and gotten work done. Um, usually on Sundays, but sometimes Saturdays I don't do any work. Like, I take a full day off of not doing work. And sometimes that can really conflict with things that I want to do instead, um, like on a Friday or a Saturday. Um, yeah, I've definitely opted to stay in, like, versus stay or go out. Um, I find that when I'm really stressed with my academics or I feel like I haven't, like, had any time for myself lately, um, I really, I choose to just stay in and take that time for me. What about Greek life? How do you feel about the stereotypes surrounding Greek life and partying and just social life in general? Um, so being a part of both a service fraternity and a social fraternity, um, like, there's still that negative connotation that comes with being a Greek student. Uh, um, a lot of the fraternity men and sorority women that I know are very focused on their academics and philanthropies uh, much more than they are on the social aspect. Um, like that's definitely still a thing, but I've found that the focus is definitely on the other things. I think Greek organizations get a really bad rap, but like my organization, APO, we focus mainly on volunteer service and we're also a dry organization, so. Um, I guess like being on the outside of Greek life, like I've never really had an interest um, in joining, mainly because of um, the stereotype, I guess, on college campuses of partying and hazing. I think that our campus um, definitely like actively tries to um, make an effort to prevent hazing and um, hopefully on the outside, you know, it seems as though they're trying to prevent um, drinking and, and the partying stereotype. So I'm not in a Greek organization, but I think I came in with more stereotype, more ideas of stereotypes than what is actually true. That like most people in Greek organizations, at least here, are not so focused on social life above academics or other curricular things. Well, I'd just like to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to sit down and talk to you guys and get to ask you some questions about partying life on campus because who knows better than what the social life on campuses than college students. And I'd also like to thank you guys for kind of debunking this college misconception. Hi, I'm Amanda Lehman, and I'm here with Maddie Carr, 
and we hope to explore some of the common misconceptions about friendships in college through the friendship that we shared. More specifically, we will be talking about the false idea that some of the first friendships you make will become your best friends for life. We'll do this by discussing our friendship and how it didn't pan out the way we thought it would. One day we were best friends and the next we weren't friends at all. This is actually the first time we've talked since freshman year. So just to start, what did you think about college friendships as an incoming freshman? What was your mindset going into college? Yeah, well, I guess going into college, I'm from California, so coming here was a really big step for me. I didn't really know a single soul. So it was having to relearn how to become friends with people and make new connections was really scary for me, as is like a lot of other people. But yeah, it was a very intimidating process. But yeah, overall, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. And I think that being 18 and coming from where I came from and not having anyone that had the same experiences, mm -hmm. so that was just really scary. So your biggest issue was feeling you couldn't relate to people? Yeah, I think that was one of the big issues. I had no common ground with mm -hmm. anybody I saw. Okay, so after you had these problems, I guess, like fitting in and everything, we ended up becoming friends like quite early in our freshman year. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling with this new friendship since you were so anxious like previously? Was it something that helped you? Well, yeah, I know you lived a couple doors down and that was really nice. You know, it felt like summer camp and we could just walk down the hall and hang out with each other. We just hang out whenever we wanted. Yeah, and yeah. it was easy. I, I will say that is hanging out in your room or going to dinner. I felt like there wasn't a moment where I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, I don't know this person. And we were both getting to know each other and we were in the same boat. And yeah, it was good. It wasn't a negative experience. It was definitely a relief. I was like, oh my God, I found someone. I like, I can hang out with, I can talk to. And I think that... Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fond memories from that time. I agree. Is there one specifically maybe you want to talk about? Hmm. There's so like many random memories. Oh, I don't know. I think there was this one time where we were hanging out. It was like three in the morning. We would always stay up. I don't know why we were always up. At we did. We were night owls. Yeah, we mm -hmm. were. So I remember one time where we ended up just like running around campus at like three in the morning trying to like climb trees. Oh my God, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was like yeah. on like, si like right in front of Cyber, like right mm -hmm. in front of Haas. I think that was just one of those times that you just don't forget. I don't know, that was always a good memory for me. So now that we've talked about like the fact that we have had good times, when did you start to feel like maybe we were growing apart? There were moments where I felt extremely lost and lonely my freshman year. It was a whole mess. But I just remember there were times where I felt like I got to learn a lot about you and like the things you liked. And it was just hard for me to connect with you on things that I liked. And I remember we sat down one time and I told you, I was like, hey, like, I'm really sorry. I'm just kind of, can you listen to a song that I like or watch a movie that I recommend or something so we can like connect about it. And I think that was one of those moments where we thought we worked it out, but it was almost like there was never a moment where I got to show you something that I liked. And that was hard for me because I was so excited to learn about you and like make new memories. But there was just like that missing piece for me. And I think that that's where I was always a little disconnected. I'm really sorry that we never got to explore your interests as much. No, I do feel okay. bad about that. Yeah. I agree we were very different. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that I like to think about, about mm -hmm. freshman friendships, is that people tend to get together with people, like you said earlier, because it's easy, we were close, yeah. you know? We ended up being friends with people that we didn't have anything in common with as yeah. much. Don't get me wrong, I think being friends with you and us being different wasn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You definitely introduced me like Studio Ghibli and like anime and things that I never would have found by myself, but mm -hmm. it was just, we were so different. Mm -hmm. It was so crazy to just try and mesh us together right away. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
Okay, so how did us no longer being friends, like after it happened, how did you feel affected by it? Um, I definitely felt a little guilt because I know I didn't handle things properly, obviously, but definitely a lot of anxiety just seeing you around, not knowing how that friendship was going to work. And I mean, it's lasted up until now, not knowing whether I can wave to you in the hallway and really bad at confrontation or mm -hmm. figuring out how to go from being really close to having a falling out and then going into how does that translate into who we are now. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't easy. I definitely felt like a lot of uncertainty and like just not knowing how to handle it is what made it difficult. Exactly. And no right? one teaches you that. No one's like, oh my god, yeah, so if this happens, if you don't get along with someone, just, you know, do this, this, and this. There's no set way of handling a situation mm -hmm. like this. It's hard. It is hard. But we grow and we learn, mm -hmm. and that's why we're here now. So, did losing me as a friend affect your outlook when making new friends? I think it definitely made me more cautious to try and figure out who someone was before I was so close with them because obviously I don't want to hurt anyone that was never my intention and so I think that that made me a little bit wary to kind of make those new connections also it didn't help my confidence obviously mm -hmm. just like losing a friend I've never been one to just completely drop someone so that was really hard to swallow it was a hard pill to swallow no I felt the same way like after when I tried to make new friends I was definitely nervous I was definitely going into it with insecurities mm -hmm. but like I wouldn't have been able to make the friends that I made without going through the bad time, like without learning from it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I've always thought that I've learned so much more from my failures or something bad that's happened than, you know, things always being perfect. So I think that even though our friendship didn't work out in that time, we grew as people. And like without that, I don't know that we would have met people in our lives that we have now. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a good or a bad thing, I guess we'll never know, but it definitely helps shape us and helps us learn yeah and like help make us the people we are today exactly yeah now that it's been like three years would you do anything differently if you could i think that i would have handled things differently this has always kind of been in the back of my mind of I'm not proud of how things unfolded but yeah i think i wouldn't have known these things unless this happened so yeah. definitely looking back i feel like i would have communicated more mm -hmm. or if i wasn't feeling this friendship was something that i wanted to foster in the same way I wish I would have remained friends I think that that's what I took away from it the most you know we didn't have to hang out every day we didn't have to be super duper close but I, I still wish I could have you know reached out to you and hung out with you or just said hi to you I wish I could at least have just been able to say hi you know I, agree. I wish we could have felt like we could exactly I w yeah mm -hmm. I wish the feeling wouldn't have been anxiety every time we saw each other exactly so it's a similar question, but what do you think we should have done differently in order to stay friends? Maybe specifically like taking more time to understand each other yeah. and to understand what made us different and how we could be similar is what I think. Yeah, I but. think I'm sure I could have tried harder to be like, hey, watch this. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what would have changed it. Maybe if we had just given it more time. And I think mm -hmm. that just communicating more. Yeah, as best I think we communication could. should have been something yeah. more. Yeah, and I feel like, like we tried. Yeah. I remember having like one or two of these conversations. We did try, exactly. Where we tried to make it happen. I think it hit that breaking point. And instead of working it out or calling each other out on it, 
we were both angry or we were both, like, done. You know what I yeah. mean? I feel like we were both very anxious at the end. And yeah. we were both not confrontational. Yeah. And not so confident be- in ourselves. Exactly. We were still learning ourselves. Like, I definitely wasn't confident. <laughs> exactly. <No. laughs> like, we weren't. So it took a lot for us to be able to do that. Because mm-hmm. I've only been able to do that, like, be more confident as I got through college. Like, yeah. And there was also that, there's that outside pressure of seeing those people that are roommates. Or they've been friends since day one. Mm-hmm. And everything's perfect and dandy and they hang out all the time and you're like oh my god I wish I had that so when things weren't working out it was almost like oh my god I picked the wrong person like it's not gonna work out like what's happening you just tend to like put yourself outside of yourself and you look in and you're like what am I doing wrong to not be like them exactly and like we were self-conscious and caught up in it comes back to the same problem exactly it's all right pinpointed some of the worst parts Mm -hmm. well I mean I think we've pinpointed our problems so to turn the tables because I'm just asking you all the questions. Do you have any questions for me? I mean, I'm not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever feel like there was a point in our friendship where, like, you felt it started to go downhill? To be honest, I was caught off guard when things went downhill a little bit. I was very optimistic when I was younger and I was very like, everything's great, like, it's fine. And just, I don't think I realized how real it was. Like, I don't think I realized how you felt as much. I wasn't miserable because Mm -hmm. of you. It was a really hard transition for me. But I think that there was a point where I was like, I wish you could see like more of me. If there was a time where I thought things were falling through, it was definitely like more towards the end of it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it was gradual. I think I brought the whole bringing me into the friendship thing up and I thought it was going to be okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, it was like a couple of days and then it all kind of like came to fruition at one point. I don't want you to think that it was a whole two month period where I was like, oh my God, I have to get out of this. It wasn't like that. That time that Mm -hmm. we probably needed just wasn't. Mm -hmm. We were all going through so much too at the time. Like I had my own problems. You had your problems. Yeah, I know. We were both. And it was like, it worked then because I'm glad that you were there for me when I was going through those things. And it's just at the same time we were going through them that we were just not able to Mm -hmm. look at our friendship as closely. Like you said earlier, we spent a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we were just so used to seeing each other all the time Mm -hmm. that it was like hard to step back and look at it. Because if we did, it'd be like, well, that's my friend. Like that's my closest friend right now. Mm -hmm. It was scary to look in on it because you didn't want to think, what if this isn't right? It does. It's, It's hard to get through, but it helped me. You know, mm-hmm. like, I valued our friendship when we had it. Happy that it happened. Yeah, I And agree. then, like, coming out of it, it was definitely hard in the beginning, but yeah, I was definitely able to grow and move forward, mm-hmm. you know? I needed that experience to, like, get me to the next one. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Now that we've talked about this, how do you feel regarding our situation? Do you feel better about it? Yeah, I feel a lot of relief, I will say. I think you coming up to me the other day was the last thing I expected. <laughs> I honestly heard my name, and I was like, oh, who's calling after me? And I turned around, and I was like, Oh God, what's happening? I was like, who died? Like, oh no. But yeah, I think that I'm really glad. I've Mm -hmm. honestly thought about making amends for a really long time, but you know, like I didn't know where you were at. And obviously I didn't want to stir up old drama if it was just going to make it more dramatic. Mm -hmm. But I feel kind of sad a little bit that we let this get in between us for so long. Because I think that we did grow as people and it sucks that now we're seniors. But I'm glad that we could work through this. Me too. I'm, and, really, I'm really glad that we're talking yeah. about this and we're able to work through this. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like there's much animosity. Because mm-hmm. we've been having a conversation and it's like nice. And it is really nice to have someone that remembers that part of my life. Because I don't have anyone that does anymore. And no, I agree. I feel the same way. Yeah. It's nice so, to be able to talk about these things now that yeah. we did back then. And be able to look back on them together, things we experienced yeah. together. Because we experienced so much of it with each other. Yeah. We had some of our first like college experiences together crazy that's why like I have I value this so much going back to uh when you said how surprised you were when I came up to you Mm -hmm. 
it took a lot for me to come okay. up to you. I saw you sitting at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I was being really creepy, and I was like looking at her, and I was like, I gotta ask her about this podcast. <laughs> I gotta ask her about this interview. And I was like, no, just go ask her. And then like you started walking, out, I was like, darn, she's leaving, right? So I was like, what do I do? And then I just kind of like speed walked out, yeah, and then, like just called out. She was like, uh, my adrenaline was like pumping. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I gotta do this now before I chicken out. I had my headphones in, so I'm very surprised that I heard you. Mm-hmm. And so like I think that that, I don't know, whatever you believe in, seemed like it was a little meant to be. So. Lastly, do you have any advice for your past self or our situation or just in general? Because I know like we both had more hardship to friendship besides us. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is going to sound so cliche, but be more confident in yourself because you have a lot to offer. But I think on a different level, break out of your comfort zones. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's mm-hmm. just trying to make friends. It's four years of your life and just get it together meet new people that's been the best thing I could have done in college is I started to branch out because I mean you know things didn't work out obviously in this friendship but it almost forced me to go and find people that's been the most rewarding part of my college experience is all of the friendships and all of the relationships that I've made thus far just like Mm -hmm. be yourself be yourself exactly my one friend said something really interesting. People like it when you're yourself. If you show actual interest in something because it's who you are and it's what you like, people are going to respond to that. Yeah. I agree. That was a great way to end this, actually. <laughs> so thank you for talking with me again. Yeah. It must have been hard to decide to talk about this. And it was definitely hard for me to talk about this, but now that we have, I'm very happy with how it went. So thanks again for being in my interview. Yeah, thanks for coming to find me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Maddie and I's situation is one of many hard situations that friends go through within their college experience. Take this story in with an open mind and just remember that friendship should always be one of the positive aspects of your life, not a negative one. We've spent the first half of our podcast speaking to different types of experiences one may face in a college setting, but what's left to discuss, arguably the most important, is how we move on after we graduate. From a young age, we are told that in order to be successful, we must get into a good college and earn a degree. That piece of paper determines what you can do with your life. Supposedly. I'd like to argue the idea that we never really know what we're doing with our lives. We're constantly changing and developing new interests and trying out new skills. I feel like there's always been a stress on the millennial generation to choose a definitive career at a young age and stick with it. But frankly, that doesn't feel realistic. You end up picking in the moment when there's no pressure to pick, just go in with what feels right in the moment. I think that's how we should approach our careers. Why do anything if you don't enjoy it? Sure, you can choose a practical career that will make the people around you happy, but what about your own happiness? It's your life after all, and you should live it the way you want. You should make the mistakes, pick the wrong paths, and circle back with your head held high. Anytime, anyone, whether it be a professor, classmate, random guy at the bar, asked me what my major was, I'd reluctantly say, creative writing, often adding in that I also studied English to make it sound better. But the follow-up question would always be, oh, are you going to write a book? Or rather, their faces would scrunch up in confusion at the words as if they were in a foreign language, responding, Oh, you're one of those people. Yes, I am an arts major. And yes, it's unpractical to pursue the arts. I could have placed all my efforts towards a 9-to-5 job, but this is what I like. But to answer the prompted question, am I going to write a book? I don't know. I think that would be an amazing accomplishment for someone in my field, but that's not what I'm limited to doing. 
I won't hide the fact that I'm graduating from college and I still don't have a clear-cut idea of what I'll be doing, but that's okay, because I don't think I have to have everything figured out. I hold the belief that you can do anything if you put in enough effort. I won't be discouraged by the writing on my degree or let it stop me from pursuing something outside of its sphere. I want to do everything my heart wills it to do, and nothing will stop me from doing that. And I believe you should too. I want you to believe it, no matter where you are in your life. Whether you haven't applied for college or you're five years out, you have the power to shape your life however you want. And it shouldn't matter what other people think. Our time on Earth is so fleeting that we should just enjoy whatever we want. Because later on, when we're older, we'll have much rather lived a joyous life than a forced one. To further illustrate the points I've made thus far, I sat down with my friend Liz. In her four years, she has changed her major at least three times, as well as transferred universities so I thought she would be the perfect candidate to share insight on this topic. Enjoy. Have you ever felt pressured to pick a specific career that would please the people around you and not necessarily what you wanted to? And like, how do you feel about how society kind of puts that pressure onto young people to do that. Yeah, yeah. So my dad is a veterinarian, and he has his own practice, meaning someone is either going to have to take over the practice or he's going to have to sell it. And so when we were younger, my two older brothers were definitely like, no, I want nothing to do with that. Like, And so it was me that he was like, you know, Liz could take over. Never had any intentions of that. And, you know, my dad and I really fought over that for a long time. And um, because he has no one to take over the practice, essentially. And that, that was always kind of a hard rift because he went to Cornell undergrad. His father went to Cornell undergrad. And his father's father went to Cornell undergrad, all for uh, pre-vet. And so it was kind of just like this track that generations in our family took. And so when none of us took it, it was like you know, what are you guys doing? And I think a lot of younger kids, they feel that too. I mean, especially if their parents are even merely successful, they're like, oh, follow this business structure. This is how you'll get to the end point. The idea of squashing, you know, artistic ability in kids. I mean, if you want to do the fine arts as a career and that's your passion, like take that anywhere. You can do anything. I just think our parents are so used to just like, a structured job market like this is how that works but I think it's fluctuated so much like no job market is is just one line so I I can't imagine being a younger child you know trying to find their way through through that right now when you were looking into universities mm-hmm. going against what your parents expected of mm-hmm. you what exactly were you looking for for yourself I think I was looking for a way to just like take that rebel child motive and run with it and looking back I would never change it but I come from a small town and so for me to have chosen Temple University in Philly as my first choice and to commit there and to go there everyone was kind of like that's her her moving away from a small-minded mentality and this is her finding her own and I, I wanted to do that so desperately. I felt so constricted. And I had looked at other colleges and they just were not fitting. And so I tried and I failed pretty hard. And I think transferring just in general always has a negative connotation. It's kind of hard to accept the fact that you're leaving somewhere and was like, well, this, I must have failed somewhere. And I, I remember my, my mom being like, I don't think you're failing. I think you're growing up. 
I don't think anyone at the age of 18 is going to pick a school that's necessarily 100% right for them. Parents were the same way because they wanted me to put off going to college mm-hmm. because they didn't think I was ready. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard for someone so young to make such a big totally. decision. People in society think that, like, at such a young age, we should have everything decided. Mm-hmm. And, like, if we were to make changes, it's seen as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you've made a lot of changes in your yeah. yes, your, your career path. What was running through your mind when you made all of those decisions? Uh, well, I was, I was a frazzled 18-year-old going into school. I, like, thought, like, oh, history, like... I was so dead set on that and I and I really saw myself having a career with it but then I started to doubt it because like you mentioned earlier like there's a stigma towards certain things and history is one of them people are like oh so you want to be like a professor and Mm. I was like no like I want to be a historian about a certain period of time and I want to really really like dive into that and just like immerse myself in that But as I kept growing and I kept changing in school, I was like, this is not, this is not who I want to be anymore. And so I had been my whole life told that I was really amazing at writing. And I was like, oh, journalism, like I'll try it. Like, and I made my own blog and that really flourished. And I was picked up by a publication and I started writing for them and getting paid to do that and they sent me to shows and I was like, wow, like this could really this could really be who I am. And then Temple kind of crashed for me and so did my mental health and I was like, am I flourishing where I need to or am I trying to cover up how I'm actually feeling? Was I doing what I was supposed to? And so when I transferred here to Susquehanna, all that kind of shifted and I shifted completely when I came here my mindset was different I was happier I was I felt like I was able to breathe here and to figure out what I really wanted and so it wasn't until my junior year a very big thing happened to us the fourth day of our semester um one of the girls living in the house had a complete break and she was just not okay and she was not ready to be back at school she was not ready to to kind of take on her world without figuring out herself first and I helped her that entire night I you know I was good at it you know and the situation that I was put in was not a good one and I was never happy that you know she was going through that but what I realized was I am very good at de-escalating you know a very volatile situation and I'm very good at talking to people and that that idea really ran through that entire year living in the house because I was the person that people came to and at the time I was like overwhelmed by it and I was you know dealing with all these other things but in reality I knew that it really changed kind of who I was like I need to do something that I can see people's lives change progressively throughout my career and that would be the only thing that would fulfill who I wanted to be um, in the future and that was that was a big move and my parents were like this is the third time you've changed your mind like you need to get it together and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing this is the first time in my life where I feel like I might even have the smallest bit 
of an idea. So I, I took it and I ran with it. A thought that I have is that we're constantly changing and developing skills mm-hmm. and interests. And it's hard to just kind of stick with one thing for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh, yeah. Even though it's kind of expected of us to do it. Mm-hmm. For them to, you know, I understand a college major, I understand a college minor, they're so important. But I feel like having this uh, pressure to declare, 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 you know, mm. is it puts a lot on, on kids. And especially when they're first coming into college, I don't even think you should have them declare that soon. Yeah. Just the um, expectation for kids to go to college. Mm-hmm. When I know that there are a lot of kids, including myself, who, like, come their senior year of high school have no idea Mm -hmm. what they want to do with their life, but, like, their parents and society are saying, go to college, get a degree, it's the only way you're going to get success in life. Right. Yeah, they want you to spend $140,000 to figure out who you are. Yeah. When you don't even know who you are. Yeah, and so I feel like some people even come out of college not really even knowing where they're going to be. My brother, my brother Mark, he's 27, and he took the GRE twice, did terrible, applied to vet school in two different rounds, got denied by all of them applied for grad school, got denied by all of those. And it was like he was hitting a dead-end wall, but he didn't get it. And he struggled for a long time to substance abuse, and that was difficult for him. And he had the first major heartbreak of his life. And it's like, you can have a four-year degree, you can have this thought in your mind that you have a plan, but that's never going to solidify your future. Mm -hmm. You know, your future is what what you cultivate and that to me was always the scariest part am I cultivating what I want Mm -hmm. I had no idea yeah that's always a fear that I've had yeah like even right now as a senior in college like I have things that I like to do but like so many people keep asking me oh what are you going to do with your life Mm -hmm. you mean you come into college you're 18 you're fresh you're new you leave you're 22 you know you've been beaten down by life Mm -hmm. beaten down by mental health issues you never thought you had like okay but if you don't get a job or you don't go to grad school right out of four years you know what's going on like are you not succeeding and it's like what do you mean I've suffered for four years can I take what I've learned you know cultivated in my four years there and and sit on it and think just take that time to really understand yourself first mm-hmm. you push your kids to go to college and then you wonder why they struggle you wonder why you know they run into all these mental health issues they run into um just like all this stuff that beats them down and it's like because you're pushing people when they shouldn't be pushed and they're in a very vulnerable state and that's just not right mm-hmm. do you have any specific worries for after co- graduation and how do you anticipate confronting said things in the world? Yeah, I thought about that a lot actually. I think my biggest worry is how do I, as a recent, you know, graduate, uh, how do I take that and how do I become something else? I am thrown out into the world and I'm expected to be a professional in the thing that I've decided to be. I am only 22. How do I function in the real world? And it's like, 
I don't even know how to confront that. I think to an extent, I have to let myself be 22. And I think, you know, that's that's always my advice to people. Like, yes, we're graduating, and that is massive. And I will try to confront the fact that I am now expected to make a next step for myself. But I think everyone's first step after they graduate needs to be a realization. Like, what have I just done? I've done so much, you know, and I've made so much for myself so I think I'm just gonna try to give myself some time give myself some you know benefit of the doubt here I don't need to have my life together I've just finished a massive chapter that is very long in the book of life so let yourself be okay with not knowing and take that and run with it and explore new avenues, explore new experiences. Don't confine yourself to what you think you love because you probably have a lot of loves, but it's taking the one that you find to be the most powerful and acting on it. Don't let society put you in a box. Um, People in America have been so successful because they've made their own boxes and everyone's box is going to look different and if you try to follow someone else's model you'll only be pleasing them and not yourself and I think it's important to really take pride in being different in a world where everyone wants to be the same and so take care of yourself and really try to just be yourself as much as you can Thanks for listening to College Misconceptions. We would like to thank Genum Twin Inch from The Wire, White Sand with their song Home, Axle Tree, Starling by Pottington Bear, and Micaiah Beats. We, we hope, hope you enjoyed the show. show.